Sweet. Yeah. Go ahead, Weber. Thank you, sir. Do you got music and everything? (laughs) This is the Weekly Scramble. Whoa. The place where we chat about life over a cold one. Or two. Whose voice is this? It's time to belly up to the pod. Is that Rocco? Mm -hmm. With Mike Fratelloni and your host... Chris Reavers. You're darn right. We are live at the Minnesota State Fair. I guess we're not live. This is a podcast. i got to learn how to uh, change my format when we're doing this show. My name is Chris Reavers. By my side is Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Hello, Michael. How you doing, Reavers? We have a couple of guests, unlike last week when we just pretty much winged it for 45 minutes That was here good, though. That was good radio. To get together. Our, our buddy Ben Quam with Surly Brewing is here. Hi, uh, Ben. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. And we wrangled in the mayor from Garage Logic, Joe Sushere, to stick around because Ben offered him uh, a free beverage if he did stick around. After, <laughs> You're darn right. After I'll do anything I can to get you to stick around. Hi, Joe. How are you, boys? We're so, good. We're good. Michael, you know what? You, you take it away. I talk to him five days a week. I don't need to talk to him anymore. <laughs> you know, that's funny that you say that because you're so close to him. You don't see the everyday genius that all of his fans see. Oh, Thank God. you, Mike. Right? Isn't that Joe. wonderful? And I'll I, stay I, for a while. I genuinely mean that, Joe, because <laughs> it's not everybody knows everything about you. We're not next to you all day like these guys are. Mm-hmm. And they get jaded. Like, I'm next to my father all day long, so I get jaded of my father. But I just, you know, when, when I think of your career in radio mm-hmm. and I think of your career in newspapers, the first question that I have, it was radio a, a second thought or did you... Did you did you think of it as less than the newspaper, or did you think of it as more than the newspaper? Well, I, I, you guys asked me this the other day. Uh, not you guys. Kenny, oh, Kenny, Kenny and John. And, uh, Kenny and John, who were doing the uh, Joy. coffee shop news. And Joy. And, and Joy. Uh, Even though her name is Dawn. <laughs> the real brief history will answer your question. Mm-hmm. I covered the 1980 Olympics, so I got to see the Miracle on Ice. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And we came back to town, all the local reporters who came back to town were called by KSTP. You guys want to talk about that on the air? We'll call it Sports Talk. And literally six or seven guys each had a night to do it. And uh, as, as attrition had it, Pat and I were the last ones standing. Royce. Sure. <laughs> so we ended up doing a show called Monday Night Sports Talk. And Started in 1980. Mm, yeah, right. That's, that's what your Wikipedia page says. Right, right. Well, you can't believe that. They got me going to the wrong high school. <laughs> you didn't go to Hill Murray? I did, but that, didn't they have me at De La Salle? Oh, I, okay. I think, it's, I think it's been repaired. Yeah. And and to answer your question, we just thought that was a lark. We mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, we, we didn't. We were not steeped in any radio tradition or knowledge or or anything. And we ended One up. One of you still isn't. Right. And, and, and we had uh, just. Because we had been writing friends for so long, we just had undeniably great chemistry, and it became very natural for us to not even give a bleep about talking about sports. Mm -hmm. We just talked about anything we wanted to, and it worked. And then the other story I tell is uh, I got offered the chance to do a daily show uh, in 1993, and I thought, why not? But I still thought of it as a lark. Okay. Okay. a way to pick up a few extra bucks. Mm-hmm. And as, as the show took off, it didn't take long for me to realize this is a pretty big deal. Sure. There, a lot could be made of this. You know, this is, this is quite the opportunity. And at the time, I, I suppose it went about two or three years where I, you, could, you could argue that I was still favoring newspaper work. But then that, that light bulb went off in my head saying, I, I'm, that's a fixed income in a mm-hmm. newspaper. The sky's the limit here. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the editor and said, uh, could I please reduce my columns from four columns a week to two? Because mm-hmm. I'm devoting more and more time to radio. And he said, well, do you realize how lucky you are to work for a newspaper that lets you do a radio show? And a line instantly came to me, one of those lines that you usually have the next day. Mm-hmm. But it instantly came to me, and I said, do you realize how lucky you are that I work for a radio station that lets me do a newspaper column? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And, and that was my turning point. So That was in, my turning point. In 92, or pre-Garage Logic, before yep. you started the radio show, were you thinking of a book that you were going to write about Garage Logic? Or how did the... No. How, how did it... You didn't just sit down and say, let's call this Garage Logic, I'm the mayor of this mythical town, or did you have that all built? No, that happened. Uh, again, that can be told very briefly. Uh, when, it sh- when the show started in April of 93, it was no different than any other show, mm-hmm. just called the Joe Souchere sure. show, and I was doing what everybody does. 
And by the time fall rolled around, uh, what, what does everybody who had a talk show do? They interview political candidates. But for some reason, we got the idea to interview them in garages. Okay. As to put them uh, on the scene of the taxpayer and see the sure. stuff they use every day, ladders and lawnmowers and snowblowers and shovels mm-hmm. and all the stuff they get at Fratelloni's. And it, it worked. And it just, suddenly the name Garage Logic, I don't know where it came. It came out of nowhere. And that was the start of it. So this wasn't uh, something that you had been planning to no, migrate absolutely to? absolutely not. Not, not so, even remotely. You know, a lot of times when I'm listening to Garage Logic, the guys will make a little bit of fun about your writing career. Not the newspaper, because obviously everyone knows you from the newspaper, but your fiction career. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, can you talk about that? Were you writing a book every couple of years? Or how did, did, did you ghostwrite for anybody? How does that work? And how did you develop the time to even get around to writing a book? Did you sit down for four hours a day and say, I'm going to do three pages every day for the well, next... I've really only written two that were published, Waterline and... Uh once there was a ballpark, I guess three. And then uh, my good friend, John Camp, who writes under the name John Sanford, mm-hmm. he included me as a co-author of a, of a uh, Virgil Flowers novel called Mad River. Okay. And that, that was a thrill for me. Sure. Because uh, I had never experienced anything like the, the New York Times bestseller list sure. and that kind Four of thing. Four million people read that book. Or right, right. Yeah. Uh, but my other books were collections of columns and... and uh, I didn't have a. I did. I have a nice stack of rejection slips sure. from novels. You know, so if, if I, I could were, really even out this table with them. Sure, you could. Yeah. If I were to ask, I mean, would you rather win a Pulitzer or a Marconi? Well, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I would say Marconi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Pulitzer. Have you been nominated? Pulitzers usually go to, uh, you know, New York Times. Have you ever been nominated for Marconi? Why don't you answer that question? <laughs> Is that a tough? Well, you're, tough no, his, his line for it's spectacular. I've got about enough second place finishes uh, in my, what do you call it, in your storage cab? Or yeah. hover, hover I your got phrase. a lot of second place Marconis. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if those count. Those are well, uh, missed nope, putts. Not in GL. It's got to be a winner. That's it doesn't right. count. So, um, you know, I, I see that winning a Pulitzer would have been a big deal. I mean, you've been at, at the same newspaper for how many years have you been at the Star Tribune? I was there for 11 years, and since 1984, I've been at the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Yeah. So, I mean, it's do they ever look to see who's still in this business? Because a lot of the newspapers do not have that type of track record with a columnist that's producing a couple columns a week mm-hmm. for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Do they, what do you mean do they look I at? I mean, does, do, do the prize committee say, hey, no. this guy has unbelievable longevity. People are no. reading him every day in, in an arguably dying industry. Right. No, no, that, that's not how it works. Uh, I think the Pulitzers have become highly politicized, mm-hmm. and you would have to have a very woke record for a year. Well, certainly. most award shows in general have yeah, gone that yeah, way. Yeah. No, I'm not disparaging the Pulitzers. I think it would be fantastic to win one, but I'm not churning out a body of work now that would ever even be considered. I'm, I'm only writing once a week. Yeah, but over, over how many years? Once a week for 40? No, no, for, well, no. I've written about... I would say between 15,000 and 20,000 columns. So do you ever have a day, and I'm sure you do, where you think, I have no idea what I'm going to write about, and my deadline is 3 p.m.? Ask me what my favorite column I wrote is. What is the favorite column you've wrote? The last one. The last one. <laughs> now okay. you say why. Why? Because it's done. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> so you do experience I stole that stress that answer. of getting it done? I stole that answer from Mike Royko. Okay. Yeah. So is it the same thing, the same feeling that you had in college? Like, I need to get this paper done to hand it in. Precisely. It is that. Wow, I wouldn't take that stress. I yeah. could not handle it. It's not, it's not stressful. It's not stressful. It's not, yeah, I mean, I'm so used to it. That it's not stressful. Unless we're still doing the show, and he says, hurry up, bleephole. we got to get this done. i got to write today. Well, you I know? assume he has an idea. <laughs> and, and, and it takes, what, two hours to crank one out? Or is it? If that. If that. And yeah. then some editor on the other side's correcting a couple of grammar errors if you have one. Or, or is it unedited? Not needed. To be they can check grammar. They can check grammar, yeah. and yeah. that's it. Well, if they want to change something dramatic, they 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 give me the courtesy of a phone call. I, I, the editor is a guy named Mike Burbeck, just a hell of a guy. Uh, I have no problems in that regard. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. Now, this morning I got up, and I usually write for Sundays on Thursday mornings. Okay. Okay. I made the coffee, went downstairs, sat at the computer. No bleeping idea what I'm going to write. Okay. But now I'm half done with it. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll finish it today or tomorrow. 
Yeah. Wow. So it, it sounds like you're you're very driven in the sense that you you have a, a set schedule how you do this and yeah. Okay. Yep. I don't think I've ever asked you this, but obviously the the newspaper industry in general has dramatically changed in your time from writing. I think that goes without saying. But where do you see the newspaper industry heading in, let's say, the next ten to twenty years? I I don't see it uh, prospering. I, I don't see it flourishing. Uh, I think a printed paper will always be available in some form, but I don't see a bountiful future for for newspapers. Mm. And you and you attribute that to the lack of subscriptions, the uh, the the attitude well, have, given towards it already. You've got generations coming up who've never even read a paper. Mm. You know, they have get they, their world is their phone. They get their news from Twitter. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a shame. Do you, you know, you, you mentioned your kids that you used to have. Do you consider Rookie one of those kids? <laughs> I might as well, right? My, I, I mean, you know, what the hell? When, when you're a listener to the show, <laughs> yeah. you can tell that there's obviously a very different relationship. It's not, hey, I'm your boss, Rookie. Yeah, and, no, and I'm more angry at him than the other ones. You're that's more the, angry. Yeah, that's the but, relationship. But you, you do seem to have a very special relationship with him. Well, it's been a long time. It's been a long, a long and, time. And he's a great, his memory is unbelievable. And his gift is that he's eternally happy. Mm-hmm. And that's about his only gift. Because yeah. you know. I don't know if I'd give you that gift. Is that a gift you'd have? No, I, mean, I do not have that Okay, you, you don't? Uh, you, I'm fairly happy and optimistic, and uh, I have, a, I think, a good outlook. But, you know, uh, Reavers can tell you, he turns a rainy February Monday yep. into the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a gift, man. Yeah, the you, other you, gift you, that he... You bes- hear that in the radio. You not, hear that in the podcast. Not to speak for Joe or Rookie, but the other gift Rookie has is he can give the needle to Joe in a way none of the rest of us can. Sure. You know, and, it, and, it, and I got to sit there and take it. He does. It, well, it's much like a son. It feels like a son-father yeah. relationship. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it really does. Do you... Um, you know, I know We're almost done. I know. One more <laughs> question. Uh, you know, this is a real quick legacy. What would you want it to be? Do you want uh, everyone to say, I know Joe from the podcast, I know from the radio, or I know him from the newspaper? Is it? I don't think about stuff like you that. Don't, it doesn't I, even matter to I, you? Yeah, I don't. I mean, Matt Burke came out here today. He's working for uh, Dr. Scott Jensen, a gubernatorial candidate. And Burke looked at us and said, looked at me and said, I keep thinking you should be dead. <laughs> Well, Christ, I'm not that, I mean, you know, I'm not that old. Thanks, Burke. I mean, there's, yeah, thanks, there's, Berkey. There's no reason to retire from this, correct? Why I would don't, you? I don't, I could never see myself as conventionally retired. No, you can only play so much men's league. Yeah, yeah. and I'm not, no one even wants me on their team. Sure. <laughs> your, your handicap keeps going up, though. You're getting more and more desirable. I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe the current status of your golf game is you've quit again, correct? No, I played yesterday and started again. Oh, you started oh, again yesterday. So I'll probably quit, I don't know, this weekend. Probably. Yeah. we got a holiday weekend here. You're going to have to quit yeah. on Tuesday. Well, I'm going to tell you just how proud I am to be part of the show and how proud I am of you, what you do, because it just is, I can sit down calmly, put in my earphones, listen to the podcast, and I just, I know I'm going to be entertained for all the way up until Rookie takes it to the end and says, go to Pot MN, which he never seems to do like you understand what he's talking about. <laughs> but it just right up to the end of the show, I just am so glad to be part of it. I'm so proud to be part of it. I have, I, I've experienced a strange phenomenon, and I, I don't know if it's good or bad, mm-hmm. but I like listening to this show. Mm-hmm. For 25 years, I never heard one radio show sure. I did. Never heard You weren't one. asking for a tape and saying, hey, no, I want to No, no, I never did an air check. I never heard one word I ever said on radio. Really? And now I think it's kind of fun to listen. I think it's a fun podcast. It is. Yeah. It is. As long as we're not talking CRT, critical race no, theory. I, mean, I only take, I only allow black people on the show to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right? Because it yeah. just, uh, otherwise it gets just too deep. It's, it's not my bailiwick. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I know no, you. I'm not going to leave. Yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I you, I thank you. Thank you, Joe, for letting me ask those because I know sure. there's a lot of people out there that that have the same feeling that I've grown up with you. I've known you for 30 yeah. years. It feels like. Yeah. Yet I didn't know those couple of details. Well, you know, as long as Ben's here, uh, Ben Quam from Surly Brewing, you you are an, an avid uh, fan of both broadcast in general. You have Correct. your own podcast. I do. You've got the mayor here. Is there anything you'd like to ask him? Because I don't really need to talk to him at all. Honestly, <laughs> it's more fun to just sit across from you and, and hear you talk about you know the the journey in the path, thinking about how different the world is now, you know, going back to when you were talking about the Miracle on Ice, back then, just being at an elite event like that could 
break your entire career and completely mm -hmm. change you know the direction. Whereas now it's all based around how much content can you put out, mm -hmm. how much can you completely flood the market. You know, instead of the people that were there to actually watch it, writing about their experiences, everybody would just be retweeting the article with their hot take. Mm -hmm. That is a great point that I've never really given a lot of thought to, because I could you could make the argument that that gold medal victory by the U.S. team did did break for me. I mean, it, it made it. Really? Yeah. Because yeah, it moved you into sports talk? Right. Well, wow. and, you th and you think about, like, the journalists that were there for all the watershed moments in our history, those are the names that you associate with the bylines of these market moments. And it's fun to be able to sit here and think, like, when I read your column, I hear it. I hear your voice mm -hmm. reading it to me mm -hmm. because I've put the radio and the print together. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's sad that maybe some people won't have that attachment to columnists and to authors. But at the same time, I like the fact that it's a lot easier for maybe people that didn't grow up here. Like, you only got your hometown journalist, mm -hmm. you know, previous to 10 or 15 years ago, you only got your hometown journalist take. Now, say somebody moves away, they could still listen to a podcast and they can still get mm -hmm. the voice that they are looking for, mm -hmm. that they enjoy. They can take that anywhere that they want. That's why GL is heard all around the world. I mean, Oh, it's been just a rocking good time, hasn't mm -hmm. it, Reeves? Oh, I mean, I, it's absolutely. Just, it's just been a surprise to us all. We get asked often, too. I don't, I'm sure Joe does as well, but what's the difference between doing a live radio show and a podcast? There's not a whole lot different, but it is a whole lot different. You know, like, we just take the fair as an example. We could never do a 25-minute segment with a great musical guest like we did today. Right. That wouldn't have been able to be done in the world of radio. Well, I have another observation about it. When we... When we were doing Garage Logic Live on the radio, it flourished during the time when radio was flourishing. Mm -hmm. But quickly, AM radio began a decline in this country. And, and, we, and that was reflected in our ratings. Sure. And, but we always were talking to each other about, well, anecdotally, we know people are listening sure. to us. It had nothing to do I with mean, the I show. Could, I just could the be medium. in Berlin, which I have been. Mm -hmm because my kid used to live there, and I'd run into people in Berlin who said, hey, mayor. You know, they were tourists, <laughs> sure, obviously. Sure. Yeah. But my point is, we always thought, well, anecdotally, how can our ratings be so crummy? Well, because they switched the ratings to a, uh, you wore a device on your belt. Mm -hmm. Arbitron, yeah. And, and it captured whatever you were exposed to. Sure. Well, garage logic's not on in a store or a bar. Or walking a, through a Target. It's or not a Target or a coffee shop. What the podcast has demonstrated is that anecdotal evidence was correct. Mm -hmm. It's correct. It was correct. These people are now being manifested in numbers that we see that we didn't see when we were being rated by arbitrage. You know, I'm not, I know you're not braggadocious, and, and Chris will show me occasionally how great your podcast is doing because obviously it's, I have a vested interest in your podcast. And yeah, you, you should. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I don't know if the world knows that you're like the, in the top 10 most listened to news commentary podcasts in the world, basically, in the United States, which is basically the world when it comes to podcasts. I don't even talk about that. I, I know you don't talk but about that. I'm knocking on wood. But I'm, I'm going wood. to go ahead and say that. And the names that are close to you on that list are the biggest names in media. Right. Yeah. I mean, that which was amazing. Did you have in, when you switched from Sports Talk to Garage Logic, I know, last question. Your last question. Uh, when, when you switched, <laughs> did you fear that, oh, I'm only good at news or at sports? What, what if people don't accept me in, you know, general conversation? No, no, no you didn't it never bothered me because I never consider myself a sports expert. Okay. I just, I started at the newspaper because that was a job that was available, and I was told that there's a lot of horizontal movement in mm -hmm. newspapers. It was at the time of Woodward and Bernstein. I thought I'll go in and cover the Twins for a year, then I'll get my big break and cover City Hall, and then I fell in love with sports because of the opportunity it gives you for creative writing. And you never thought of becoming a politician ever seriously? Never. 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 You, you saw enough I'm of it. I'm afraid I'd win. You'd afraid you'd win <laughs> and, and, and be forced to have to do it. Right. Yeah. Joe, thank you so, so thank much. Thank you, guys. Good luck with the uh, Friday scramble. Is the it called the Friday scramble? The weekly scramble. The weekly, weekly scramble. scramble. As what we do every Friday during GL. That's right. So we're kind of the warm-up oh, act really? for, the, uh, yeah. for, the, for the scramble during GL. Do you guys ever take a break on this show? Nah, we just kind of keep going. Just uh, keep going? Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave then while you're still on the air. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't forget to take your headset off. I'd hate I will. for you to walk <laughs> away with that on. Uh, thank you, Joe. We'll talk to you tomorrow for our thank final you, show during Garage Logic Live at the Minnesota State Fair. See you, Such. I don't think we're gonna. He's gonna. He's just probably gonna meander around here and <laughs> get himself another beer. You're like uh, Tina, Tina and Lena. Who are the two guests that refuse to leave the stage? 
So anyway, uh, let's continue the weekly scramble. We do have our buddy Ben Quam. It's been a while since we've had you on. We did take a, a bit of hiatus and then a, a bit of a switch from what we used to call the beer show on 1500 to now as a pot in podcast form, we're calling it the weekly scramble. Still kind of the same format. Mike and I just riffing about topics, beer included, but uh, how are you doing, brother? Well, yeah, nothing adventurous has happened in the last year and a half to oh cause it to have been so long. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, honestly, that's kind of where I wanted to start with you. Discuss the changes that have been happening at Surly, because you guys have been in the news quite a bit lately. It's been, it's been wild for us. Uh, you know, so many businesses and so many families were so it, it impacted so brutally with the last year and a half's no question. struggle with the pandemic. Yep. Um, and I don't think that, that our rough waters were any different than a lot of other people's. We were just trying to figure out for a little while how to stay above water, and then it was just how to stay alive. Yeah, your rough waters, I mean, you have a $30 million building. Someone else has a $200,000 building. I mean, it's those but are some, you still have to make some beer. That's true, yeah. but it's all, it, it is all relative because sure. we have a $30 million building with hundreds of employees, and I don't necessarily know that that struggler, that worry – is any more than a, a, a mom and pop shop with two employees sure. and a $3,000 building. The fact is we were all struggling with can we make it mm-hmm. and what are we going to do to try and, and get past this. But and Omar couldn't go work nights at some other yeah. place and make enough money to make the more interesting. Exactly. It's a yeah. little different, but yeah. I, I feel ya. you. Know, it's Obviously, you're doing more volume anyways, yep. so it pays for a little bit more stuff. So we're kind of coming out of, of the, the dark times now. Uh, we got the beer hall back open a little more than a month ago. Uh, it was a, a restricted menu, and we're only open Wednesday through Saturday, uh, just like everyone you guys else. We're seven days a week, correct? Up uh, until we then? were, yeah, we were six to seven days a week. Yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. For sure. Sorry. Um, and we're we're just trying to not overburden the staff. We're trying to make sure that we can all every every growth we make when we add a day or we add some more hours. We want to make sure that it's not coming at our employees' expense. Sure, sure. So we're Wednesday through Saturday, uh, coming on uh, Friday, September 10th. We're finally going to reopen the pizza restaurant. So nice. it'll be uh, reopened in just shy of a year. It'll be the first time that we've been open up there. Um, and then we're working on building back special events and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're fortunate enough to have an outdoor concert venue mm-hmm. attached to our uh, brewery. So uh, a few of the performers that have not felt comfortable playing shows inside sure. have moved over to us. So we got to do a couple concerts this year. It's not a normal slate like we like we would with you know ten to twelve shows at least. But um, you know having having Patty Smith be the first show that I got to see in a year and a half just meant the world to me. And we've had Ween. And we've, we're looking forward to Phoebe Bridgers coming up, and uh, there may be one more show that I'm I'm not at liberty to say, sure. but if it happens, it'll be pretty amazing. That's cool. So is the outdoor venue, obviously that's going to be a seasonal. You guys aren't planning on having an outdoor show in January. No, 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 no. <laughs> we do. Um, we, we have a really great partnership with the wonderful people at First Ave, and they help book those shows. Oh, cool. And basically it gives them another property that's bigger than the Palace Theater is their sort of biggest venue. It's a little bit bigger than that, and Outside, it's outdoors, yeah. so they can... It gives them a little bit more versatility with acts that they could maybe book. So okay. we're missing out. We're stepping on the lead here, Reverse. Oh. Because tonight is something important for his tap room. University of Minnesota Golden oh, God, Gophers. Go for football. I, mean, I, Jesus, Jesus. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're right there. Yep. You're what, uh, two blocks away from the stadium. I, are you going to be nuts tonight? Oh, it? absolutely. It'll okay. be crazy. Uh, not only are we connected via light rail, but also for anybody out there listening, it is a downhill walk the entire way <laughs> from Surly to TCF Don't Bank even Stadium. think about after the <laughs> Gophers 64-4 to win. Yes. So uh, we don't know that. (laughs) We're just right now, again, um, being able to cruise around to all of our our friends who run bars in Dinkytown, just knowing that that an event like this with Ohio State, with a good Gophers team, with all the excitement that Coach Fleck has behind him, like this is going to inject so much needed help and cash into that entire community. Mm. You know, looking at... It, looking at it like I'm a sports fan, obviously, sure. yep. but taking that out of it and looking at it just from a purely economical standpoint, these are the wins that we need right now to make sure that that our restaurants can survive through the winter and that we can keep pushing through with everything we got going on. Well, and, and I wanted to touch on that because you and I obviously, uh, I've mentioned this many times, but you and I have a connection and a history to the service industry um, for years and years and years. And we both saw it from the outside at the time when we had a lot of friends that lost their jobs mm-hmm. and it was tough to see that just, you know, knowing a lot of people that had to either, you know, just adapt or they had to move on and find another line of work. And it's, and it's, and it was a struggle. So speaking of that, have you guys, uh, have you guys been impacted? I mean, are you fully staffed? Do you guys, are you still looking for people? We're or? Still, yeah, we're still getting back to it. You know, um, 
with the with the the new semester coming back in at the U of M, I think we'll have a lot a lot oh, more sure. people to kind of draw from. Mm-hmm. Um, our hope would be that we'll reopen for Sundays uh, this fall, so we can get that going. But uh, again, we just couldn't. We if the only way for us to be open was for everybody to be overworked, sure. that just was never going to be tenable. It's, for, yeah, in the it's long not going to last forever. That's right. For sure. So it was. Let's do what we can with what we have, and let's keep continuing trying to grow. Cool. So I think we're we're looking forward to hopefully being able to open back up a little bit more. We've seen a lot more people going out and applying. Um, I think it's Minnesota. As the weather turns too, that'll help. Yeah. It's not as uh, advantageous to be. Uh, uh, at home when it's, you know, negative 10 out. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. You've been in the service industry, like, for as long as I've known you for and, sure. and for years and years. And I think a whole bunch of people had the service industry monkey of you can't get out of it because the money's so good on a Friday night working Absolutely. a club downtown. Tell me that, about that it. That monkey is now off their back because they were forced to not do it. Mm-hmm. And they thought, wow, I don't have to get home at 4 o'clock in the morning. I might not have 600 bucks in cash in my pocket, but I can go get a day job and feel very comfortable. And I think the service industry is going to take a while for that next generation of people to say, yeah, I'll, I'll go do this job because right. this money is crazy. Mm-hmm. And well, it, they just got out of it. You know? It's, you know, honestly, it's very similar to what Sushire was talking about. This is an, it's an evolving uh, society. It's an evolving mm-hmm. culture. And the uh, go to work, come home with, you know, pocketfuls of cash, that is slipping away. People aren't using cash as much. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more uh, sort of fast service, quick counter service stuff coming out. Yeah. So it's there just aren't as many opportunities. And I think that we're going to start to see that continue to change more with the service charge and, sure. and that kind of stuff. Now, that said, if you can get a job that pays 22 to $24 an hour and you get full benefits and all that, yeah. there's definitely, I think there will be an equal. you're not walking through downtown at yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Well, that was the other part that I wanted to bring up is obviously, and I'm only going to speak for myself, but I think I speak for others when I say that the safety concerns are obviously also an issue in that regard. I'm talking about from a, from a staffing and also from a someone patronizing a, a given spot, whether it's downtown Minneapolis or downtown St. Paul. That's just that's something that has to be fact, factored in as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that you could find a business anywhere that, that wouldn't put the safety of their own guests uh, as top priority. Correct. Uh, it's just a, it's a bigger problem than, than anybody can sing, singularly fix. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to take some actual work from the entire city slash state governments to really start figuring out how, how we can keep our streets safer while also still being good to all of the people that live in our state. Yep. Uh, all right, let's get back to Ben Quam here in a minute. But first, Michael, i got to tell you about Heydays. Hey they days. have the biggest celebration of snowmobiles in the country, and they're coming back for their 54th annual celebration coming on September 11th and 12th at the Snow Baron site of Highway 95, seven miles east of North Branch. It's one of the week, It's the one weekend of the year excuse me, that the Snow Baron's Snowmobile Club is allowed to invite all of you to hang out at their 140-acre facility for the official start of winter. I'm sorry I said the W word. If you're into <laughs> snowmobiles or motorsports in general, Heydays is a must must attend. They have something for everyone. Articat, Polaris, Skidoo, and Yamaha will have their beautiful factory trailers on site. There will be a multitude of dealers selling both new and pre-owned units that are sure to fit your budget. Hundreds of vendors on site that can provide you with clothing and gear, You uh, and most providing heyday-only specials. Check them out online. It's next weekend, September 11th to 12th. For more information, go to heydays.com. All right, uh, where do you... Let's, let's, let's rewind 18 months, uh, which is going to be hard to do. But let's just go back to, to whatever it is, May, May, of, May of 2020 or late February of 2020 to where we are now. How, how much impact has it had on the craft brewery scene and where do you think it's going forward from here? And I mean, it, whether you want to include yourself yeah. or, or others, because I know you're super connected. Well, that's the that's the million that dollar question. And that's what's got us all, you know, staying awake at night, staring at the ceiling. It's. We definitely felt the love from the community. Everybody was out there trying to help support sure. all of their favorite local places. Uh, I think you could talk to any restaurant, bar, brewery, distillery, and they would talk about how flattered and absolutely gobsmacked they were at the amount of, of uh, work that the communities did to support mm-hmm. and help keep the doors open. But the, the frightening thing is the stuff that's out of our, our control now. It's the lead time to get cardboard to make <laughs> the six-pack holders. Sure. It's the lead time to get the cans. Yeah. It's getting the hops when half the world is on fire. Sure. It's there now. There are so many things that are stacking up. It makes it very hard for anybody to operate. 
And, you know, if we're feeling the pinch at our size, I know some smaller places are definitely feeling it because those companies, when they can't ship cans to everybody, they're going to have to pick and choose who gets them. They're going to go with who has the biggest orders. Yeah. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not just this industry. It's every industry. We had uh, a couple of guests on uh, two days ago. It's really cool. They make make living spaces out of of shipping containers. There's a shortage of shipping containers sure. right now. Like that, it, they can't get them off the boat. That just that yeah. just boggles my mind. And it's so many things. It's inventory. It's it's staffing. It's everything because again, everything just got backed up, and everything's twice as expensive as it. But used to when be. you finally think you're through, and then you can't get cans. That has to be mentally brutal because it's just like, oh, what else is going to happen? <laughs> right. I'm so lucky right now that that my biggest worries is trying to figure out how to make agreements with you know the people that run the stadiums or the state fair or mm. bars and restaurants. Trying to to be my boss and gaze into a crystal ball and figure out what beers and how many we're going to need to make in March of 2022. Sure. Right now. Having no idea where the Delta variant is going to take us, mm-hmm. having no idea what this winter is going to do, we have to we have to guess that far out right now because if we don't put in those orders, we're not going to have cans or cardboard to wrap them in. That's how that's how far out this is accordion. So now everybody has to make these giant swinging guesstimates just to try and see if we can get our inventory correct for next year. Mm-hmm. For next year, you know. And you look at the the cardboard thing as a great example. So the lumber mills shut down. All of that cardboard is a, how you make the cardboard is a byproduct of the milling industry. So first you have to get the mills up and running. Then they have to get staffed enough that they can you know, bring all those the sawdust and the chips and all that. Then you have to actually get that shipped <laughs> uh, when the shipping is backed up. That's before it even gets to the factory to start making the cardboard. Wow. So that's, there's so many industries. We've created this entire world where everything has to lean on it, itself. And the minute one of those dominoes falls, then everything else falls with it. You know, if you're and looking for a good job right now, Figure out how to get a Class A license or yes. a Class B license because drivers, I mean, Fratelloni's is going to have a hard time getting Christmas trees because they can't get drivers to deliver them into us. They have the trees. They have the guys to cut them. They have the guys to load them onto the trucks. Well, they're handing out Class A licenses like they're candy They on have Halloween. no choice. Yeah. They have no choice because, yeah. I mean, if this stuff doesn't move, I mean, if a company has the cans but they can't get them to you, it, it's the what weakest is link it? is, is yeah. the trucking industry, right? Yeah. And why can't Elon Musk just invent this thing, <laughs> transport these things a little faster? And if someone's going to do it, did you, did you guys, this is a big digression, but did you did that, see that Bryson DeChambeau uh, interview where he, he says, you know, uh-uh. they were talking to him. I know this is a huge digression, but I'm That's digressing. Okay. No, anyways. I like it. That's what so a podcast is all about, Michael. They were talking to Bryson on how it is to be out there and how people are giving him a little, he's like, I get it. I'm a little different. I mean, you know, um, Elon Musk is different, and he started comparing himself to like Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> Elon Musk, I'm like, no, Bryson, you're just a guy who took steroids. Stop. And yeah, don't <laughs> proclaim that you're of a totally different realm of human because you gained some weight and can hit a ball 300 yards. Oh my God, I um, that, was, that was my golf story of the day. Thank you. That a boy. We should find a sponsor for that. Yes. Um, so you were mentioning a year out. So on a on a typical or a normal session of time. The beer that's being produced right now at Surly Brewing, when was that planned for? How well, long, like how long ago did that take place? In a normal, our, like we will order cans or we'll order cardboard on a, in a like 2019 in the in the before times. Yep, uh, it would be like six to eight weeks. We would we would order that out. We would know that this brew cycle is coming up. Okay, and now we're looking at 18 to 22 weeks, wow. if not more. That's so crazy. Just the ability of trying to do the math to get that far ahead of it for anything new is is brutal. You know, so like for us, we have a huge backstock of Furious cans because we're constantly making Furious. Right. That is your number one seller. You know 24 hours no a day, yeah. yep. seven days a week, Furious is rocking. But when we want to roll out something new, when we want to do something uh, that we haven't done before, we're going to bring out a new seasonal. That requires new artwork, new cardboard, new cans. And that's where that's where the problem is because we don't we can't have a backstock of it because we haven't created it yet. So okay. did you guys have a strong? I, I assume you had a strong last year because your on premise is important, but it's not as important as a, you know another brewer that has ninety percent of their business is on premise and the rest. I mean, you guys are in every single bar, although your bar business was nothing, but every single. Uh, liquor store has to carry you. There period. was not a day that we didn't feel incredibly lucky to have all of the wonderful uh, off-sale liquor store partnerships sure. that we have. Uh, that's definitely what got us through. Yeah. But if you think about, because that was the second shutdown was like when, like, well, at, 
both of them were when we were already stocking up stadiums, mm -hmm. when we were already stocking up concert venues, and then you have all of the bars on top of that. I mean, that was that was that was brutal. Sure, that was if. Thankfully, people did uh, everything they could to keep their fridges full at home. Mm, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, it was wonderful. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was still, it was still a gut punch that sure. uh, we're still feeling the effects of. Are we seeing the, you know, we, when Mike and I were doing this show for years, you know, we always were asked about the, the you know, when are we going to hit the peak or when is the saturation mm -hmm. point going to take over with craft beer? And I think we started to see it pre-pandemic mm -hmm. a little bit. Were there places that didn't make it, you know, oh. because of this? I mean, I mean, places that people would would firmly know and recognize. Uh, as far as like breweries went, um, most places have have stuck around. The the PPP loans and all that mm -hmm. did a really great job helping okay. keep some hand people afloat. Hand sanitizer, float. yeah, hand yeah. sanitizer was another yeah, great good pivot. Point. Good point. A lot of people got to do. Uh, I think what it did do though was it wiped out a lot of people's. Um, cushions sure so i think in the next year a lot of people are going to be riding a pretty thin line oh so we might be seeing yep. even more of that as a result yep. okay that then that makes well, you a know what you can do to help reavers just drink a little bit more yeah, beer drink a little more beer yeah. guys it's a um, charity that i can get behind let's just put it this way um <laughs> since march of 2020 yeah. i've done more than you've my done, fair you've, share. you've done your yeah. fair share so okay. i I'm, I'm trying to help you brewers that's my role here in, in this fight against uh, what has been a very tough 18 months well and we got to give it up to everybody out here at the minnesota state fair who have also <laughs> been definitely doing they've been putting in the work that i have seen nice anecdotally i've watched people put in the work to help keep these breweries afloat how many places are you guys at here at the state fair oh um, Man, I think because I know you make the rounds. Yeah, I think we're at sixteen to twenty places. It's nice. the most most beer we've ever had uh, at the state fair. We got some fun kind of funky uh, state fair originals. Yeah, yeah. And what, what did you make? I remember reading that uh, Reavers and I went through that. Yes, we well, did. Yeah. The one that Reavers and I are sipping on right now is um, it's a passion fruit. Uh, tart ale. That's right. So, we, I, so, so would this be a sour? We yes, it, it would be in that family. Because that's what I was going to guess. But if you yeah. call it a sour, no one drinks it. If you call it an ale, everyone. Well, has actually, it. it's the other way around. We didn't want to call it a sour because it isn't truly sour. It's okay. more tart and refreshing. Huh. This it, we it is really good. By we the didn't way. want this to be like you know a dagger in your saliva glands. Mm -hmm. We wanted it to be something that on a hot day would refresh you and also kind of keep coming back for more. Another mm -hmm. great so, band name though. <laughs> dagger in your saliva. Gland. Dagger in the saliva gland. I go to that tour. For Opening sure. up for the chain smokers. <laughs> Tonight at the State Fair. Um, but yeah, so we kettle soured a wheat ale and we added real passion fruit to it. And it just gives it that really nice kind of crisp, uh, delightful taste. We got Furious uh, IPA all over the place here. We have uh, Grapefruit Supreme, which has just been a rocket out of the gate for us. Came out during the first shutdown and it still is just rocking for us. Okay. So it's been great to have that. Um, we have an awesome hazy IPA over at Lulu's uh, in kind of the newer area. What's it called? Uh, that one is called Lulu's Juicy Minnesota Midway Hazy IPA. Okay. Because I think that was the one when Mike and I were going through the list a couple of weeks ago. That was the one I said, because I'm, I'm a haze head. I, oh. I know, I know. But uh, that's the one I said, I am absolutely 100% going to try that. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Prepared. Okay. My favorite story that ever ha happened at Lulu's. Have you been to Lulu's? I, I have. I, so um, in years past, not this year, because the fair is not as attended. It's very nice. Everything looks open. Everything's Can rolling. I say something? Yeah. I like it. I, love I know. It. I, I like it when Seriously. it's full. I like it when you. It's you just, do. Oh yeah. See, I, I. This is perfect. It's not hot. This is probably yeah. my favorite day out here. It's in the low seventies. This is perfect. But it, I got it, you way off track. It, well, no, it's very, very nice. But I was upstairs at Lulu's, and there was a line of like twenty-five people to get beer. So I'm standing in the back of the line. A guy rolls up to the front of the line, like comes and looks, and says, "I'm buying everybody in line beer, but I get to go first. I was like, "You're kidding!" Power move. I'm like, "That is the coolest thing." What did Sushri buy you? Yeah, it wasn't him, but I was like, "Wow, how cool was that move?" He's like, "I don't care about the money. I care about my time. I get to go first, but all of you guys are paid for." I'm like, "Go ahead." And then, strangely, I was only getting one beer, but I needed to get four beers for my friends, who all were like, "Some not with me, but I had four beers." Yeah. So it was it was a pretty good deal. I thought that was a pretty good power move. When did that? that was that today? That was, no, no, that was in twenty. No, this was when it was so packed up oh, there. Oh, oh, oh! This was oh, actually it was it was the day of the Weezer concert, which we talked about the other day. Yeah. When Weezer was there, so I think five uh, ish years ago, Ooh. I went to that Weezer concert. Weezer's one of my favorite bands to see live, and the four people, the three other people I went with, we had four tickets. Had no, uh, one clue of one Weezer song. The woman, <laughs> one of the women that was with me, said, "I've never heard this song." I'm like, "You've never heard wow. like some of the How most famous possible? Weezer songs ever?" It's like. You're an adult human that's roughly my size. Yeah. Honest to God, yeah. I did not get it. But 
God rest their soul. They're so good. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to ask you, uh, because this isn't classified as a sour, but an ale, what is the difference? So, I mean... Really, it would. We just don't want to call it. We don't. We don't want to call it a sour. I just didn't know if there was like an ingredient no. or a way that's produced. No, that it's, that would, no it's a Berliner. I mean, it, it is in the sour family. That would one hundred percent be called a sour. Okay. I just felt like it's more descriptive if we call it a tart ale. Got it. Because that implies a little bit directly, like what you're going to get when you drink it. What Let's was call it a tail? A tail. <laughs> Look at you. Yeah, that's not that's not bad. Uh, what when you guys were making the planning stages for the fair? Obviously, you know we, we didn't hear anything that was going to lead us to believe that it wasn't going to happen. Correct. The state fair I'm talking about now in general. How much different was the planning going into this year as opposed to years past in terms of barrel production oh, and everything? An, again, it's just been it's been a nightmare trying to guesstimate what we're doing. And I all I can do is just say thank you to our, our production team and our planning team yeah. for being able to be that nimble and execute kind of as it was growing. We got to a certain point where we really felt like the fair would have let us know if there was a possibility that it was going to be called off. And that was really when we kind of kicked in and started brewing everything. Because one of the things uh, that I, I guess I shouldn't have found shocking, but I found quite surprising is when we had a couple of years ago when we were really starting to get into the inner workings of the state fair was we had Dan on from the Ballpark Cafe. Mm -hmm. Right over here, who's, who's a great beer promoter and everything else, and it's a great spot. A true champion of craft beer. Sure. 100%. And he, I, I remember he said, well, every brewery that we have on site has to have their full selection until the end of yeah, Labor every Day. Every day. Of the every fair. single day. If, if you come here the very first day or if you come here at 6 o'clock on Labor Day evening, you ha your beer has to be in full production, which I thought, well, God, I didn't even think of that. But, you know, you, you, it's the same thing with vendors. You have to be able to provide the same amount of service or, or, or availability for whatever to someone that buys a ticket on Monday or buys a ticket on Labor Day. It, so I, I, I guess I found that a bit shocking, yeah, too. Yeah, Sweet Martha's can't just be out of cookies for a couple of days. <laughs> right. like, that's, uh, they've been very adamant about that. And really, at the end of the day, it's all about the guest experience. They want to make sure that everybody that comes to the State Fair has the chance to have the exact same awesome experience and that nobody feels like they got shorted in any way, shape, or form. But the best was, and I think I've told this story uh, before on their show, whether it was this show or the beer show, but um, when I first got into radio, um, as many people can attest when you're first in radio, you don't have any money. Um, but you get to work a lot, sure. which is really great. That's yeah. a nice it's a nice side bonus. And I remember I was working for a different station at the time, and we were shutting down Labor Day night. And I was living in St. Paul on Cherokee Avenue in St. Paul. Nice. I was we, Me and my two college buddies were renting out this horrifically out-of-date house. We had the upstairs. We even had two and a half bedrooms. Dang. I like so that. my buddy Tim had to live in a closet all summer, nice. basically. But anyway, so we were kind of... finally came out of that closet. So that's all yes, right. Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, but we were finally winding it down. I was helping to tear down the, the, the promotions booth. And everybody was basically giving stuff away because they didn't want to take not it with them. Any of this so with hey, us. do you want you know a couple of foot long dogs to take mm -hmm. home? Yes, I do because yeah. I'm poor. Yes, mm -hmm. you know? I'm starving to death. So <laughs> honestly, I mean, I don't like coming out here on, on the weekends anymore. But Labor Day weekend, come here towards the end, and you're going to get yourself some stuff. Some Absolutely, deals on some things. <laughs> yes, you are. Just put a smile on your face and walk around and be as nice as you can to everybody. You are. You guys are both Mr. State Fairs in my opinion. Because Mike, you've been coming here since you were a kid, and Ben, you're as, about as social a guy as I know. <laughs> Um, so what do you guys like to do if you're not working when you're coming out here? Ben, go first. Uh, I am a, uh, I am a food connoisseur. I am a vacuum you are a of food, all things you are a delicious. Uh, I've honestly, I can't believe it took me this long. I finally had just the normal chicken tenders at Lulu's. They are the best the bang, chicken bang tenders. chicken wings? Yes. Those are the best chicken tenders I think I've ever had. They are wonderful. Uh, but yeah, I'm a, I'm always good for, uh, I'm a corn dog guy. I'll deal with a prano pup, but I prefer a corn dog. Uh, my weird curveball, I love the scotch egg. I Delicious. always go for that. Yep. It's really? way down over there. Corner of the food building. Yeah, corner of the food building. Yeah. Um, and then it's all about the people watching. Yeah. I love to just wander around. Like I'll do six or seven laps of the entire grounds, and if somebody's really intriguing, I'll follow them for a while because I'm just <laughs> like, you get some of the craziest, most original, most odd duck and, folks. And Ben's only like 6'4", yeah. so all of a sudden some 6'4 dude is following you, and you're like, why is he following <laughs> me? Yeah, I got a, a buddy that we haven't done it in a few years, but we used to come down, and we would just walk for six hours together. He's 6'7", oh, and we thought it was so funny when we would start following people because we stuck out 
<laughs> Everyone yeah. could see us. Right. We're not hiding behind anything. And you were wearing halter tops. Yeah, which well, is, I mean, yes. what else are you going to do? So on Tuesday, my two boys had to come out with me. It's a We're in this weird transition of we don't have any coverage this last week of summer vacation sure, before school daycare starts. daycare takes that break. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so my wife said to me on Monday night, oh, don't forget the boys have to go with you to work on Tuesday. To which I said, well... You know we're at the fair. Yeah, and I'm going to be there for five hours right. working. And know. she said, well, yeah, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun, <laughs> she says. So my now nine- and six-year-old sons came with me. For the most part, they did a good job. We have, a thankful, thankfully, to Hofferman Water in Connecticut, we had those nice cups with the great water system back here. Like a, like a green room back there. And uh, my boys decided to take the two stacks of cups and build a fort Oh, nice. with them. So nobody had cups to sure, drink water sure, with anymore, yeah. um, which was a nice touch. And, <laughs> and Rookie did not help matters by uh, uh, antagonizing them and, and, and edging them on, or sure, urging them on, them on to, yeah. to, to do that. Well, in any event, so we got done with Garage Logic. Uh, and we were going to wander because I promised them th- if they were good, and they pretty much weren't. But if they were good, we would go on a couple rides, and then we would go play a couple games or do whatever. So we go on the slide, the big slide, and then we went on. Oh, we did the sky ride, which was cool. And then we go over to the midway. And you know what the worst part about the adjustment and the uh, and the fair adapting to modern times is? <laughs> they now pretty much take credit cards at every stand now. Yep. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Dad got stuck a little bit. <laughs> so we go to the midway right over here. And I bought a sleeve of whatever it was, 28 tickets for 25 bucks. Okay, there's a good deal. We went through that in about 15 minutes. Well, I, I figured this out because I'm cheap, and it, it I blew whatever amount of dollars there. I just blew it. Yeah. Um, each ride is $5.83 yes. if there's seven tickets. So yep. it's five eighty three a ride. If you have a family of four, that's basically 24 bucks a ride. Yep. If you buy $100 worth, you're gone in four rides. Yes. And wow. God bless them, right? They're putting up these. Am- and Absolutely. by the way, the rides are amazing compared to what they used to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of them are huge. Yep. You know, or it's a $2 million ride. They got to make money out of it. But it doesn't take long. And the rides aren't like 14 minutes no. and you're off. It's like every 14 minutes they've cycled through eight, you know, series. It's unbelievable. Yep. Fun. But then if you have kids who just have no concept, they're just running through well i know you can relate so then we go through that sleeve right away and we had to get back because hey i had to post the show but Mm. then we had to go pick up mom from work and i said well buddy we're going we only have so much time here so we run through the first sheet and i said well boys we're out of tickets my my six-year-old looks at me goes we'll go buy more yeah and i went whoa whoa, wait a minute what no 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 first the 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 first uh, time you try that is hey dad can you go buy more sure and he said Oh, sorry. Hey, Dad, can you go buy more? And I went, no! <laughs> no. <laughs> but all oh, the joys of fatherhood at the Minnesota well, State Fair. Felony, what, what's your what's your thing when you come to the fair? I, like if you're if you're rolling solo, if you don't have the kids with you, what do you go for? You know, I do the exact same things. Either way, I just I, I do everything. I've been coming here literally since 1971. I absolutely love it. You love the fair. I am not a patient person, so I don't like when someone says, "Hey, let's get this fried pickle," and that fried pickle stand has 400 people in line. It's never ever going to happen. No, it's, I would never. I would leave someone in line, come back an hour later. I would never stand in line for an hour, even if that was the thing I liked the most. I'd rather go to the thing that no one's at because hey, it's quick. So I am a, a, a grazer. I eat a little bit of everything. I always go up. It's kind of funny because in the uh, International Bazaar, way in the corner, there's these olives on a stick. Oh, yeah. And every time I go get them and I dump it into my beer, and now they have plastic glasses. I used to, when I had that paper kind of foam cup glass, you dump the stick into the foam cup, and it would pierce a hole in the bottom of your beer glass. So you'd have to drink real quick from the bottom of the cup. Oh because no! You, yeah, it was. Um, but I, I always do certain things, and I always do that. I always get, and I don't even really like olives. I don't know why, but there's never a line there. Yep. It's very easy. <laughs> I don't know. This time I wanted to buy a poncho because it was a little chilly. So I thought I'm gonna go look for a poncho. I don't know why. I don't need a poncho. I'll never ever wear a poncho. Why didn't you again. buy yourself a Garage Logic poncho right well, here? Well, no, I wasn't looking for a pla- I wasn't looking for a rain poncho. I was looking for one of those like Pancho Vio ponchos, like ah, a real ah, poncho, ah. like something that I had when I was nine years old. I okay. wanted. I don't know why I wanted that. I keep thinking I, I have this thing. So we, we're lucky enough to have a family cabin, right? And everything that I buy that I don't wear here, I'm like, well, I'm going to bring it to the cabin, right? I'll just have it up at the cabin. Yeah. So now I started to <laughs> buy for clothing that I'm just planning to take up right up to the cabin. Like I'm not going to wear a poncho here in St. Paul, <laughs> but I will put it right up at the cabin. Oh, it's different rules. I just wear it while I'm sitting by the fire. Right? I love the idea of like your neighbors waking up in the morning, looking out, and just seeing you and just like swim trunks and a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> just fishing. That's just where I have my cowboy hat. And then it's that's just, the whole thing. So, <laughs> you know, that's how you got to do it. All right. So out here, you you had something when I when I first approached you that I had not been aware of. That, that's a key lime something or other. 
Yes, the key lime pie beer from... Liftbridge? Liftbridge. I'm glad you remembered that because I've now had a few of these here at the fair. Because uh, I R- Rookie, during his show on Friday with his family, uh, they had the... Uh, the the, is that the, the family podcast? Yes, it is. Okay, just wanted to make sure. So they had uh, the, the folks from Andy's Grill on the show that mm-hmm. day, and they brought out a bunch of different samples. And one thing, because I, I will admit, Ben, Ben, close your ears when you, when, when you hear this, but I, I, I really have started to enjoy seltzers because mm-hmm. my waistline has thanked me. Um, but he had a, it was called a caramel apple seltzer. I don't mm. remember who was the uh, the producer of that. So I thought, you know, Tuesday when we were out here with the boys, it was really hot. You know, like this. It was almost seventy. Well, really hot for me <laughs> is eighty-one when I'm out in the when I'm out sure. in the sun because you know me. I'm, I'm I that's why I love today's weather. You're a beautiful and, medium rare. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'll just try the caramel apple seltzer, awesome. and it was it was good. It was really good. Okay. The problem was on a hot sunny day. The caramel that they oh, rim the glass just that. starts to oh. drink. You know, it starts to leak out and melt all over your hand. That's the only problem with uh, with ordering. I bet ordering you these that. beer vendors are freaking out because it's you know sixty eight degrees. I mean, well, if it was, you don't think that that's put a damper on oh, beer? Oh yeah, I mean, really? If it's eighty one, how many more beers do you have at eighty five compared to sixty five? I will. I will point. say it's not quite as direction uh, direct linked as, as you, you want because yeah. uh, you also can only have a few and then you're just wiped out. Sure. Whereas on a day like this, you can just kind of keep drinking oh, all day. There you go. You don't get too okay. sweaty. You don't get too all messed right. up. Like to me, that's kind of the sweet spot. I love days like this because you can accidentally have four or five or six beers sure. while you're walking around. Hashtag sweaty guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> a good point, Ben. Fantastic. See, that's that law of unintended consequences. <laughs> I, it, it, there, there is some study that tells us that exact thing that he said. I all right, what was your? Fa- oh, go ahead. Ben. Well, what I was just going to say now. Just so the, the seltzer heads out there don't come for me, I am not necessarily against seltzers in general. I make soda water with a soda stream at home, and sometimes I pour spirits into it. I enjoy that. My thing is I just don't understand why there have to be 27 different brands of something that I could just make at home. I agree with you. I can't that. make a beer at home, but I can carbonate water, and I can add flavoring to well, it. Well, I guess the way I look at it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm looking at it now where you know 10 years ago – well, maybe not even that long ago. Five years ago, if you're saying, I'm going to get in the craft beer business, well, you're probably too late, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the seltzer. Oh, I'm going to make seltzers. You're way you're too, too late. late. Way too late. Yeah. So then ask the guy who will know what's the next big thing. Ben will know that. We're still trying to figure out what that's going to be. Uh, I mean, if, if I wanted to put my money on something, um, I do think that in the next couple of years, um, we'll probably be able to change a few laws and we'll start seeing... Uh, THC-related things becoming legal. Mm-hmm. If that does happen, that will be the next thing sure. here in the state is, is people figuring out how to make probably non-alcoholic uh, products that have, have a mixture of THC and CBD in them. Because we are seeing that already in certain states, like Colorado, for instance. Correct. I was, I was through there back in March, and I was seeing a bunch of different... Mm-hmm. Uh, are they making THC-infused beers or just THC-infused I, d- I saw waters? that. I don't remember so the company. but It adds... You could do beers, but it adds a bunch of different layers because it, it yep. still isn't legal federally. Okay. It adds oh. a whole bunch of different layers for difficulty as far as legal challenges sure. for doing... Because it's two controlled substances from two different schedules if you do it that way. If you just do it with, um, like, seltzer uh, or lemonade or something that is not another controlled substance, it's a lot easier um, to get that passed Then you need to sell it like a beer in a bump. So you get a beer and then a bump of THC. You dump it into your beer, (laughs) right? Two separate You're always thinking. There it is. You know, I don't – the THC craze seems to be – I don't know if it – when it hits here – if we're just going to go nuts or if people already are satisfied with their THC levels here in this town. It seems like we have because you can have I'm Delta the wrong eight. guy to ask. Trust me. Yeah, and I don't <laughs> yeah. do that either. But well, I, feel I, like, I feel like you and I are both the wrong people to ask. We're just on different ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but, yeah right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, have you heard of Delta 8? Yeah, Delta, of course. I mean, of course. those are all, you can buy that here already, right? And that's basically the exact same thing. All right, explain. Me. I don't even know Delta what that is. Delta 8 is like a gummy. It's like a CBD, sold at CBD stores. Gotcha. But you take one and you go lay down because it knocks mm-hmm. you. I mean, it's, it's, it's highly effective. Both mentally and mm-hmm. it feels like you're just well on that and trip I was just talking about. I not only drove through Colorado but also through the great state of California. It's available. Oh, it's available. <laughs> oh. You you 
basically yeah. can't drive a mile without running into a store in either one of those states. And the reason I think it's going to happen, I, I would love to to you know get up on my soapbox and talk about uh, some sort of social justice, but really why I think it's going to happen is that um, some of the biggest liquor brands in the world have now started investing hundreds of million hundreds of millions of dollars into research and farming. Really, and when you start to see like um, I know uh, Constellation Brands, which owns like Corona and Patron, they've put a bunch of money into that. Um, Southern Wine and Spirits has too. Uh, the Bacardi family has as well. They're buying giant. And they're not doing and, that by accident. Yeah, they they know that eventually they'll be able to help get this passed with lobbyists and that kind of stuff. Sure. It's just it's still a little ways down the the road right now, and obviously there were a lot more pressing issues in the last year and a half mm-hmm. uh, for us to both work on and fight over. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, I would I would guess that. That's that's the next trend that I see on the horizon where I think that could be a thing. Um, if not that, then I really feel like it'll be. I mean, I, I cross my fingers and I say this every year, but that we'll have a return to like lagers and pilsners and delicious, easy drinking, crisp tasting beers. Wow! Because that's one of the things that I love about seltzers is sometimes if you're just drinking IPAs, like your palate is just sure. done. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you have three or four, like all right, I can't taste anything else right now. A seltzer is really refreshing and also pretty dry. And I think that I've seen a lot of people starting to turn more towards lagers and pilsners. Like, just buy a really good, well-made one. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I love Furious, but I also love just on a hot day having a hell. You know, just a really nice, crisp, dry lager is awesome. Yeah. Uh, We should also make mention, Michael, uh, our new friends... And my old friends at Harmony Spirits have now decided to sponsor the Weekly Scramble. Oh, so if you are tell in me the, I get a free bottle of something at Harmony Spirits. I think we can. So if you are in the area, it's you know very close to the Iowa border, but those guys are fantastic. They make great handcrafted spirits in Harmony, Minnesota. First of all, it's a gorgeous part of the state. But their, their tasting room in downtown Harmony, Minnesota, it's very cool. In fact, I got an email from Doug yesterday. Uh, he stopped in. He took, uh, sent, uh, sent me a photo, which was really, really cool. Uh, Labor Day weekend, they have a ton of stuff going on. So check out their website, HarmonySpirits.net is their website. And if it's not if uh, if it's not been updated, their Twitter account is extremely active too at Harmony Spirits on Twitter. But uh, you can take a look at their their cocktails that they have uh, currently in that taste room because that thing changes all the time. They do a really good job of mixing up you know seasonal cocktails and things like that down there. So please go in uh, and tell them that Reaver sent you in from either Garage Logic or the Weekly Scramble, whichever one. It doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> they're great dudes, and 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 uh, I'm I'm really happy for their success down there in Harmony uh, Spirits. But listen. Uh, here's the biggest thing with them. Go into your local liquor store and ask for the Harmony brand by name. If they don't have it, they will go get it. That's how liquor stores work. So please go in and do that. And uh, and like I said, if you go into that tasting room, make sure you let them know that Reavers sent you in. Ben, anything else we need to know about you, your fantastic whereabouts and uh, upcoming things and anything like that? Well, yeah, if you like to listen to people blathering on and drinking uh, beverages as they go, you can check out our podcast. Uh, it's called Libations for Everyone. It's on a number of different networks, and uh, you know who you need to have on. Who's that? The guy to your right. I already, I was already thinking about Mike Fredoloni would be, be an thing. excellent guest on your show. Mike, <laughs> I don't here, even drink. Here's the best part. Kidding. Oh, uh, we don't <laughs> know that. That's your second one today. Uh, by the way. Uh, here's the best part about going on Ben's show. I had mm-hmm. to train myself to be able to swear when there's a microphone in front of oh, my yeah. face. Oh, I mean, it's too tough. I can't. I, can't I couldn't do it. Do it. He's can't like, do it. He, he looked at me. He goes, Reavers, what's wrong? I go, I, I, he kept self-censoring. I, it was beautiful. Sure. I can't help it. I yeah. just when I when there's a mic in front of my face, I just don't. Well, I don't. It's cuss. also 20 years worth of radio where you just yeah, that's cannot true. Cuss. That's yeah. true. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thank you for having me on. That was yeah, a blast. It's a blast. We've had a really good time. We got a ton of great guests coming up. Um, it's it's just fun. Basically, we ask six questions, and before each question, everybody has to take a one ounce shot. Oh, so wow. it gets, oh, yeah. it's like uh, yeah, it gets progressively there looser and a little <laughs> bit more fun. Uh, the question, but yet the question gets harder, and the last one's a math question. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> we also uh, our, myself and Charles, the two hosts, uh, we also have to answer every question that we ask, so there's no like gotcha stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, honestly, I'm just so excited that we're going to have the pizza restaurant back open uh, again. That reopens on uh, Friday, September 10th. It's such. It's. It was before I worked for Surly. It was my favorite pizza in the city, and the fact that now it's coming from the place that employs me makes it even more fun. Yeah. So all I would say is uh, 
this fall, come back down, have some ceviche tacos in the beer hall, have a couple beers, try some stuff that you've never had before. We have a huge experimental section right now, and then cruise on upstairs and get one of those uh, those pizzas, man. Are it's, you guys still doing, you know, uh, are you hosting parties, events, things like that, or has that kind of been put on hold for right now? We're building back to that right now. Okay. Um, we felt like, especially with wanting to err on the side of caution with everything that's been going on with the Delta variant, we wanted to slowly build that back. Sure. Um, we are definitely in talks. If you have something that you really want, please reach out to us. Uh, but we're not building up to where it was before. Got but it. if you want to bring 25 people over there on oh, a Tuesday absolutely. night, bring them over. And that's, the other, that's the other thing that I, I try to tell people, too, is uh, you know, I know a lot of people have varying levels of comfort with being around crowds and sure, whatnot. Sure. Uh, we are blessed to have a patio that is so massive that you can be as close to or as far away from people as you want. So uh, just come on down. What and if I want to be really far away from people? <laughs> or you can do that. What if I want to be really close to people? <laughs> <laughs> We're here for everybody. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's been the biggest thing. I, my, probably my favorite vibe in the last couple months has been watching people walk into the beer hall and then take a deep breath and then say, oh, my God, I haven't been here in over a year. I'm, and then they just start me. smiling and they yeah. go over there. Like, yeah. that is the best. Because at the end of the day, the point of a beer is to bring us together. Yep. When you sit down and you have a drink with your friends, we're all at the same bar. It doesn't matter how rich or how poor you are. We're all just sitting here with the same same beverage, mm-hmm. just talking about the world. It's the great equalizer. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much thanks, for having me. Thanks for coming out. Uh, the first run's on you. Um, anywho, so please uh, do us a favor and like and subscribe to the uh, Weekly Scramble podcast and also rate, uh, rate us and review us on iTunes. It helps other people be able to find the show, The Weekly Scramble. Michael, thank you so much. Reavers, you are the best. We will talk to you again next week. For Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores, my name is Chris Reavers. We will talk to you back from the studio next week right here on The Weekly Scramble. Cheers.